Welcome back to the God's Vibes podcast. We have got a deep episode today. I believe if you really hang tight here and listen to this episode, it has the power truly to transform your life. And a lot of times a miracle is just a shift in perception. How awesome is that? So even just getting a shift of perception that changes your mind, that changes everything. Okay, so with that, we're going to dive in here, but I want to let you know about two very important things for you to plug into. Just want you to think about this first one for a second. Have you ever noticed that you are going full speed ahead into the wrong direction? Anyone? (laughs) We've seen this movie before, right? It's Fast and the Furious. There's actually many of those. And when you're going full speed ahead in the wrong direction, you crash. It doesn't end well, right? And this is what happens when we try to navigate life in our own understanding, when we try to play God and control everything. We get out of the rhythm and flow that is what I call the pace of grace. And it just reinforces why God's vibes matter, right? And when we're not operating in this flow that we're designed to operate in, in different times and different seasons, because it's God that changes those, we can get in trouble. We can encounter unnecessary pain. We can end up in places and spaces that were never meant for us. And it can get get a little crazy, right? We, we encounter some mess that didn't really need to be our mess at all. So... With that, we are doing a free, yes, you heard me, it is a free three-day challenge. It's going to be Tuesday, April 25th, Wednesday, April 27th, and Thursday, April 28th, I believe those are the days, 25, 26, 27, there we go. It's going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 25, 26, 27, (laughs) at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern time. This is going to be the next three days and it is free. It is inside Courage Co. So that's how you can get plugged into it. It's www.courageco.org. You can join the free community for free. And then when you create an account, because it is on a private app, you will just go to the events tab and you can see the Pace of Grace challenge and RSVP, and also sync it to your calendar so that you don't miss it. And your calendar will remind you that you have an upcoming meeting. So make sure that you do that now so that you don't get, don't miss out rather on this opportunity. Second thing to let you know about, on Monday, May 1st, we are launching a 30-day faith walking challenge. Okay, so if you feel like your faith is wavering, if you feel like you are OE of so little faith, you're even questioning if you have that mustard seed of faith, if you feel like you have really been waiting on a promise that you thought should or would have happened by now, and your waiting is anything less than pleasant, This is a challenge that you're going to want to plug into. It's not just a challenge. It is a 30-day program. It's based on the book I've written called Rule and Reign, the Faith Walking Manual or the Faith Walker Manual. And each day, each day out of the 30 days, there's going to be a new piece of content 
and an activation, a framework, a tool, something that you can implement in your life that is very practical and real because knowledge alone will not help you. Applied knowledge is what will change your life, okay? So we are gonna go through that together. And in addition to that, every single Monday of the challenge, I believe there's actually five Mondays in May, so there you go, we will meet to have live coaching on the content and to guide you through any of the frameworks or activations that you have questions about or want more encouragement and support around, okay? So this is a 30-day program. It is a guided program. I will be live with you. You will have a private access to this and there's a community feed as well. So you can continue to ask ongoing questions that I will be answering and supporting you through when we are not meeting. So you will be fully supported through this and it will be something that is designed to help you stir up your faith help you really become more conscious and intentional about your kingdom impact and also help you actualize dormant potential or potential that you know that you might be sitting on, okay? So, so valuable. I'm so excited to be on this journey with you and have this divine reset, if you will, that will give you a practical way to walk that out. Sometimes we know we need a reset, but we're like, what do I do now? What is this supposed to look like? I have no idea. Well, this will answer that for you one day at a time, one step at a time, one moment at a time. It is my honor to offer this. You can get plugged into it also over at Courage Co. Again, that is www.courageco.org. So if you've never registered for Courage Co., if you're not currently in that community, you can just click on the free community. There's also an opportunity to apply for the mastermind that is starting in July. July 10th is the actual start date. So you can actually do that as well, but it is free. So you can do that. There's a section that you'll see that will allow you to register for this 30 day faith walking program. If you've never registered for Courage Co., you'll see it there. If you are inside Courage Co., you will find this as well available to you under courses and programs. You will see that that offer is available right now under courses and programs. It'll say the 30-day faith walking program, okay? So make sure you guys plug in. You'll have a few days to make sure that you get plugged in really this week (laughs) because I think May 1st, what are the days, what are the dates? Pretty sure May 1st is next Monday. If I got my dates right. It surely is. So next Monday, a week from today, we start. So make sure that you get your booty over to Courage Go and register for that. And I'm really looking forward to working with you, walking with you on this faith walking journey and program. All right. All right. All right. All right. Let's dive in to the content for today. So something that was really interesting, I had no idea that so many of you have really encountered narcissistic personality disorder, not just narcissism, because we all have some degree of that, just being human, but that doesn't make you a narcissist. And narcissistic abuse is something that is very different. I think that there's a lot of negative consequences of that. It can literally damage your brain and really mess with your health, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, so many things. It's just not a good thing. And especially if we are not talking about it and providing tools and resources to recover 
and regain a sense of stability and really recalibrate your soul after something like that, the effects can be disastrous. So with that, I had no many I, I had no idea how many of you have really struggled, um, have left abusive, toxic, dysfunctional relationships, or still might have done that step, but haven't really healed or recovered from that. So what I want to offer today is a way that you can exit, (laughs) really like an exit strategy. And you can view this as an exit strategy from a narcissist, but you can especially view this as an exit strategy from anything that is dysfunctional in your life, a bad habit, a bad pattern, anything that is dysfunctional from your life. A lot of times we're not taught how to do this, and this is everything. So just knowing that there were so many of you that have suffered from this kind of abuse, that find yourself in it, that have walked away and are still struggling, I wanted to be able to offer this. Now, I will tell you, I am not a licensed counselor. I am not a therapist. So I'm going to give you my coaching perspective. I'm going to give you perspective from lived life experience and also from having gone to therapy too. I do have a lot of wisdom and a lot of knowledge, okay? But I did want to give you that little piece because sometimes you absolutely do need to go to therapy for your support, okay? And that's definitely something that I have done multiple times. So let's talk about an exit strategy, shall we? Because here's the thing. When you have been through a toxic relationship, no matter how that has shown up in your life, there could be, if you don't heal, a magnetism for that to continue happening, right? You are ripe for that to continue to happen when you don't heal, okay? That you, you literally become a magnet for dysfunction, if you want to view it that way. And toxic people have a talent for entangling others into a web of codependency. So if you have, and I definitely did, if you have some really unhealthy relationship patterns These look like codependency, where you literally depend on other people and how they show up to feel useful, to feel important, to feel valuable, which is unhealthy. There could be people-pleasing, where you need to make sure that everybody is taken care of and you lose yourself in that. And you think it's a good thing until you realize it's not, right? There could be not having any boundaries, not having any self-control, not having self-awareness, not taking care of yourself, right? Not taking care of your body, not taking care of your mind, not taking care of your emotions, not taking care of your heart, okay? And when you fail to do this, other people will fail to do that also. And they will see you as a great candidate to get their needs met. And of course, they will love everything that you can offer them. But that doesn't help you and that doesn't serve you. And I have a beautiful example of this. I was working one-on-one today with a beautiful woman of God, and we had a huge breakthrough. And God showed up. Let me just say that. So when you think about you and your life experience and walking out, I'll call it your love walk, okay? When you're walking out your love walk, when we have not been loved unconditional unconditionally, when that has not been modeled for us, when we haven't seen healthy love, when we haven't been loved, valued, appreciated, supported, nurtured, cared for, covered, protected, what we have a tendency to do 
is look for love in all the wrong places. We try to find approval. We try to get people to love and accept us because we don't love and accept ourselves. We try to get people to see us in a positive light and we know it's a lie because that's not who we are, who we're being. We try to make sure that we create and curate this beautiful story so that we appear happy and like we've got it all together, but we know we're a fraud. We know we're a liar because we're miserable. We're not happy and we're not what we're presenting. And we do this. We live this life and we do it really, really well, but that actually shields us from the things that we want most, which is to be loved for who we are, to be accepted for who we are, to be appreciated and valued and deeper respected. Okay, so I just want to give you this as a thought. If you've been looking for love in all the wrong places and you've been seeking acceptance outside of you, listen for the difference here. Do you want to be accepted or do you want to be respected? Whew. This is a Selah moment. I hope you hear me. Do you want to be accepted or do you want to be respected? Okay, because when you want to be accepted, there is no limit to what you will go through, what you will spend, how you will try to like shift and contort and get yourself to fit something that you think people need you to be. There's no limit to what you will go through and the misery that you'll get to experience through that process when you need acceptance outside of you. It is a setup to be miserable. But when what you want is to be respected, you move different. To be respected means that you actually love and accept yourself. But deeper than that, you actually honor and respect yourself. You set boundaries because you're protecting your heart. You're protecting your mind. You're protecting the environment of your inner life. You're protecting your soul. Not everything's allowed to come into contact with you or to get access to you. Mm-mm. Nope. You set boundaries because you're protecting yourself now. There's things that you absolutely will do and there's things that you absolutely will not do. There's places you will go and places you won't go. Because when you respect yourself, you move different. You're not desperate, you're not graspy, you're not seeking outside of you for anything. You carry yourself different. So a visual for this, which is really, really so powerful, and if you're a visual learner, you'll really see this. So when you think about your heart and how you look for love in all the wrong places, this looks like putting your heart literally in the hands of all of these people that are not capable of loving you. So they drop your heart, they throw your heart, they stomp all over it, they walk all over it, they ignore it, they neglect it, straight up break it, crush it. When you put your heart in hands that it was never meant for, you always end up wounded. Breaking is the result of that. And sometimes what we have to do is literally reach out and take our heart back from all of these incapable hands and put it into the most qualified hands 
okay? Because when we take our heart back, and that's starting to assert yourself, that's starting to communicate your boundaries, that's starting to shut down things that aren't meant for you and standing firm in that, that's starting to remove access to people that don't get access to your heart. A visual for this, only certain people get access to your heart. It's the most precious thing about you. There's a place in your heart that only God gets access to. There's a place in your heart that maybe your spouse or some family members get access to. Then there's space in your heart, maybe, on the very outskirts of it that associates get access to. But it's crazy when you think that people on social media get access to the innermost place of your heart. Why, though? Mm -mm. Nope. Or to think that anybody gets to speak into your heart. No. Why, though? Right? Like, especially if somebody's trying to speak into your heart and they don't even have what it is that you desire and their life doesn't demonstrate any fruit of that thing. Why on earth would you listen to their advice? Absolutely not. You don't, respectfully, get to speak into my life. You have the opposite, or you don't even have what it is that I am going for. I am not going to listen to you, respectfully. Right? So when you take your heart back and start asserting yourself, or at least just setting these boundaries in the beginning, you can just know that that's not for me, that's not healthy for me, I'm shutting it down. Then what you can do is you can literally put your heart in God's hands because sometimes you've got to admit, okay, I haven't known healthy love and I have this habit or this tendency to put my heart in all the wrong hands and I end up broken and I'm over that. We're not doing that anymore, but I know if it's up to me, I'm going to keep doing that. I'm going to keep living that story because that's what I know. That's what's familiar to me. And the only one that can help me for real, for real is the most capable, qualified hands, the author and creator of love, God. So I'm going to put my heart in God's hands and I'm going to say, God, hold my heart, protect my heart. I know, I know that I know that I know that you do not want me to put my heart in hands that aren't not meant for it, that do not mean it well, that can't love it, that can't protect it, that can't nurture it, that can't support it. But I know that I don't know how to walk this out yet. And I need you to teach me. And I need you to hold my heart and protect my heart until I'm strong enough to do that. So guard it. Don't let me put it in any hands that aren't capable. Teach me how to love and value and respect and protect my heart because I know from my heart flow all the issues of life. And I don't want these issues anymore. I want to heal. I want to be whole. I want to be free indeed. I want to be stable. God, I ask you to recalibrate my soul. Help me in this area of my life. Help me perfect my love walk with you, with myself, and with those that are worthy of walking with me. Because not everyone is. In Jesus' name, amen, right? So when you think about that, This is so, so powerful, and I hope you get it. Not everyone loves and respects themselves, and not everyone has the capacity to do that for you. Your heart isn't meant to be dropped, walked on, taken advantage of, ignored, denied, neglected. It's not what your heart is meant for. 
But you've got to protect your heart. Learn to nurture yourself, care for yourself, love yourself well, support yourself, protect yourself. And when you know that what you have is valuable, this treasure in an earthen vessel, when you know that that's valuable, you will protect it. You will guard it. You will nurture it. You will support it. And God will guide you when you're serious about that. Amen? Okay, so with that, let's get into the actual message. I hope that helps somebody today. Whew! Help my heart. Okay, back to the, back to the lesson. <laughs> Toxic people have a talent for entangling others into a web of codependency. And if your heart is broken or vulnerable... You are the perfect prey. Just know that. The victim can't get free even when they want to. It becomes a bond that functions like a glue trap for insects or even like a mouse trap. You've seen those before where it's really sticky and they get stuck on it. They walk into it but won't allow them to walk out. They get stuck in place and it's ultimately designed to kill them. The narcissist, in the examples that we've been talking about here, goes to great extremes to keep their victims tied up. Okay? So think about it this way. I know in my relationship with God, I'm like, yo, God, (laughs) if there is this level of darkness and wickedness operating in the world, and I've been naive to it, blind to it, unaware of it, Wake me up, enlighten the eyes of my understanding, and help me become the complete opposite. Help me to be the light. So much so that I can see darkness walking and not choose it. Stir up my discernment, give me wisdom, help me. Right? The narcissist works to maintain this toxic bond because of an inexplicable level of anger. Yikes, right? Narcissists in general, just so you can kind of identify very high levels of toxicity, are driven and motivated by anger. They are angry with their parents in certain instances. They are angry with the people who possess the lives they covet. They are angry with the people who escape their grips. They are angry with themselves and they are angry with the most immediate victims. They're just like their scapegoat. If you happen to be the focus of the narcissist's immediate attention, they are wrapping their very angry paws around your life. At an appointed time, their anger will always manifest. The reason they hurt you over and over again and tell you how worthless you are and still won't release you is that they have an angry agenda concerning you. This is not love. They want to destroy everything good in your life, and the only way to accomplish it is to hold on to you until they can finish the job. Sounds pretty demonic to me. Again, if the enemy wants to change your life, he sends a person. If God wants to change your life, he sends a person. Make sure you can discern the difference. The times are evil, the times are wicked. That's no time to sleepwalk through life or think that you can do it without God. The Bible puts it plainly in Proverbs 22, 24, make no friendship with an angry man and with a furious man, thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. 
The Bible says that we should not consider having a relationship with an angry person. I would say with a prideful person or an angry person. You do not need this type of person as a friend, definitely not as an intimate person in your life. No way. The passage culminates by expressing that a connection to the angry individual can lead to a snare of your soul. Soul refers to your mind, your will, and emotion, and these can all get caught up in a trap of enmeshment, a situation that is nearly impossible to escape. Okay, so when you're in a very, very, very toxic relationship, this isn't just something that you can take someone's advice and we're like, just leave already, just cut it off. Like it ain't that easy because there's a lot more operating beneath the surface, okay? And people that haven't dealt with this usually don't understand it. How do you break free from this trap? How do you exit? What is the exit strategy, okay? It takes wisdom. It takes wisdom to know how to walk out of the snare of a narcissist, out of a bad habit, out of a bad pattern, out of an addiction, out of anything toxic in your life. It takes wisdom, okay? And a lot of times God will give you a personal strategy. What worked for somebody else might not work for you, but God will give you a personal strategy. And you've got to know this because I know for me in, in my walk to dealing with narcissistic abuse, it's hard to believe, one, that that person is operating from such a level of darkness and evil and wickedness and hate. That's really, really, you can't understand that. This person doesn't have healthy thoughts or a healthy heart. This person doesn't have maybe the same heart that you do. You can't expect good behavior, godly behavior out of somebody that is broken. You just can't, okay? And a narcissist is not operating with normal thought patterns. This is not normal psychology that you're dealing with. So you literally cannot expect it. There's a satanic influence that accompanies every move the narcissist makes. They are always three steps ahead of you. Listen for that. The only solution is to tap into wisdom, the wisdom of God, when you're dealing with a narcissist and when you're dealing with an addiction and toxicity and things that are beyond you. The Bible teaches a powerful principle in Proverbs 24, 7, which says, Wisdom is too high for a fool. He openeth not his mouth in the gate. Okay, this is a great one as well in the workplace. Okay, so if you've got some foolish authority, if you've got some foolish people that you're working with, Wisdom is too high for a fool. Choose wisdom. Don't lower yourself to a level of foolishness. Choose wisdom. Okay? When detangling yourself from a narcissist trap, or when when detangling yourself from a narcissistic trap, there we go, words, you must activate the spirit of wisdom. Okay? When a victim begins to suddenly respond in wisdom, as opposed to reacting in frustration, the narcissist is left confused. What's happening here? I can't control you. The things that used to work don't work. What's up? Right? When you elevate your responses to a level of wisdom with the narcissist, it's similar to how a charging dog reacts to a person who stands still and stares it down. The dog will usually stop in its tracks and go away. 
the dog is accustomed to creating a reaction. When it gets a confident, authoritarian-like response, it has to rethink and regroup because it's not sure about how or who it's dealing with. Interesting, right? The spirit of wisdom is too advanced for a narcissist. This is one of the ways, too, that you know for sure, for sure, that you're dealing with one. When you start operating in wisdom versus fear and flight and reaction and all that, you'll start to see who you're dealing with. The obvious question at this point has to be, where does wisdom come from? Great question. The Bible is something very specific to say about how wisdom is attained. In James 1, 5, it says, if any of you, if any of you, (laughs) if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Ask God. The Bible says that a person should pray and ask God for wisdom when needed. The reality of a person who lives with narcissistic abuse is that they are so stressed and terrified, they never think to actually pray and ask God for help. And this isn't just narcissistic abuse. Remember, this is anything that we're afraid of, anything that we're struggling with, anything that's become an idol, anything that's become too big for us to handle. We actually forget to pray and ask God for help. The devastating reality of the predicament is that the person is engaged in diabolical and spiritual warfare and is trying to survive with natural weapons. So if you've heard part of my story, I knew that what I was dealing with was not natural. It was dark. It was intimidating. It was definitely not love. And I was not prepared to fight this. It's a very scary place to be. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10.3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The engagement with the narcissist must be understood as deeply spiritual and demonic. When you understand this truth, you'll be prepared to get out of the realm of your carnal mind and engage this individual spiritually by the power of God. You can't do it in your own strength. You can't do it in your own understanding. You can't do it by just reading things over and over on the internet. When you recognize God as your only source, wisdom begins. When you are escaping a narcissist, you will definitely need divine wisdom. Not the wisdom and counsel of friends, God's wisdom. There's the story of David avoiding King Saul's malignant narcissistic rage. (laughs) Read about it. Saul had gotten jealous of David and felt like David was showing him up. Very, very common for narcissists. This drove Saul into a furious, murderous state of anger against David. David did nothing but serve Saul and honor him. So if you've ever been caught up in the space of, I'm doing everything right, I don't understand, you won't understand this. Just recognize that what you are dealing with is not normal and it is not natural, okay? This incident is found in 1 Samuel 18, 12. It says, and Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him. It's one reason why a narcissist might hate you and was departed from Saul. 
Therefore, Saul removed him from him and made him his captain over a thousand, and he went out and came in before the people. And David behaved himself wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he went out and came in before them. Notice how David behaved himself very wisely with Saul. It will take wisdom to escape the trap of narcissistic control. This text also reveals a major reason we must exercise uncommon wisdom. The Bible says that Saul was afraid of David. Saul was king. Okay? He had all the power, yet he was afraid of David. Most narcissists are driven by an underlying fear, which makes them very dangerous. Fear generates a paranoia that demands wisdom to circumvent. Fear is really volatile. So here's the strategy. Ready? (laughs) Number one, break the grip of fear. Narcissists generally are very scared little cowards. They will, if they can, create a false perception of dominance over you. They practice many tactics to impose their fear on their victims. For instance, if you're married to one, they will threaten to take the kids. If you are in the public eye, they will threaten to ruin your reputation. Whatever makes you afraid is what they're going to do. You must listen. You must courageously reject the fear. Fear is demonic. It is not of God. You must courageously reject the fear in your conscious mind to begin to break their grip on your life. The Bible makes this so plain that a blind man could not miss it. In 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The fear you live with was not given to you by God. In other words, you were not created with a propensity to fear. The fear you're experiencing was especially delivered compliments of the narcissist. Fear is their specialty. Okay? Common areas where the narcissist and really a toxic person creates fear in their victims, number one, a fear of lost love. The narcissist will plant the lie into your head that they are your last shot at love. They tell you no one is going to love you but me. This is to intentionally program you to submission and to subjugate your common sense. Common sense is not so common. You've got to choose wisdom here. You cannot lose love. You are love. God is the author and creator of love. God is love and the spirit of God is alive and well on the inside of you. You are love. You cannot lose it. They are also stir up a fear of social ridicule. The narcissist paints a picture that they will smear your reputation in the circles you travel in. They paint a picture of more power than they actually possess in most cases. Fear aids the toxic bond and creates a false sense of fear of public shame. There's a spiritual promise found in Isaiah 54, 17. It states, 
No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment shall condemn. You shall condemn it. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. To break this fear will demand coming to terms with your past and not being ashamed. It will involve ignoring the comments of people who do not matter and condemning every voice that slanders you. A narcissist will need resistance at a certain point. You can't cower and play passive forever. This is why I believe that God has given me this vision for Courage Co. What we do not need in this world right now is people cowering and playing victim. We need more people of courage that are powerful instruments in the hand of God. But many of us do not identify that and we have no clue how to walk that out. But this is for sure a time to be living our most courageous and impactful story. Not to be playing small. Okay, next fear. <laughs> Last fear. Fear of violence. You will likely have to deal with the fear of violence against you. Narcissists are some of the most volatile creatures and are subject to going from zero to a hundred in moments. The word of God says in Hebrews 13, 6, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. You must transcend the fear to be free. King David had to deal with a great fear of King Saul. In 1 Samuel 18, 5, it says, And David went out whithersoever Saul sent him and behaved himself wisely. There it is again. And Saul set him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. And it came to pass, as the day came, when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, that the women came out of all the cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul with joy and with instruments of music. And the women answered one another as they played and said, Saul hath slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. And Saul was very wroth, and the saying displeased him, and he said, they have ascribed unto David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed but thousands. And what can he have more but the kingdom? And saw I David from that day and forward, and it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul, and he prophesied in the midst of the house. And David played with his hands as at other times, and there was a javelin in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of his presence twice. The fear of physical violence is warranted when dealing with such an insecure and volatile individual. Usually, the answer to this is distance and absence. Okay? Another fear is really, well, not another fear, another strategy or another tool. Those were the three fears. But another tool is to become emotionally unpredictable. The biggest advantage a narcissistic abuser has over his victim is their unbridled emotion. 
Your emotions are all over the place and they know exactly how to touch your buttons or push them. When your emotions are living on your sleeve, you become a puppet. I can imagine that this is extremely difficult to control the emotion that is generated by such excruciating pain. I also live this. I know this. On the flip side is the reality that your emotions are the links in the chain of your captivity. You must break free internally before you may go free physically. The narcissist runs their life based on predicting your reactions to their antics. Always do the opposite. You must pass the internal fortitude test before you may graduate to freedom. Right? So sometimes you could think you have physical freedom, but you're still emotionally tied. The Bible says in Proverbs 25, 28, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. You are defenseless until you get a handle on your emotions. It's literally the energy that you're putting in motion. This is something that I teach quite a bit about in coaching because it's so, so important. We're taught a lot about mental health and we're learning about trauma and the effects of that on our brain, but we're not taught about our emotions. We're not taught about our heart. We're not taught how to really care for our insides. And that's a lot of what great coaching can offer you. So some practical suggestions, if any of this is resonating. One, begin to talk less, listen more, and ask more questions. I am a question master, so this is for sure something that worked in my favor and gave me a lot of information very quickly. Your emotions are located through your conversation. When you talk less, you become unpredictable. The person can't read you. The word says in James 1.19, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Another thing you can do is be prepared to make unreasonable compromises. In the process of being emotionally indetectable, you will have to bite your tongue at times and do the exact opposite of what you feel. This is why you've got to get your emotions under control. You cannot allow this person ever to know where you really stand. It's the ultimate poker face. It's keeping yourself in neutral. Jesus recorded in Matthew 5.25 saying, Agree with thine adversary quickly while thou art in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge and the judge deliver thee to the officer and thou be cast into prison. Notice that Jesus says to agree with them quickly before it escalates. With a narcissist, there are times it is best just to tell them that they are right and be done with the debate. They will expect you to argue and get upset, but never give them the airtime or the satisfaction. The aim is to make them wonder who they are dealing with. Another thing, do not expose them. Let them save their public face. When you have verifiable and damaging information on the narcissist, don't play your hand. They are expecting you to blast them on social media or within the mutual social circle. Don't say a word. One of the hardest things to do, but do not say a word. This move will not only confuse them, but it will scare them. 
They will wonder what plans you have and when you will drop the hammer. They are certain that you are plotting to get even. The goal is never to get even, it's to get out. Okay? There's a powerful text in Proverbs 29.11, which states, A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Don't operate like a fool. Never play your hand. Also, be serious about no contact. I had to deploy this. It's the only thing that could protect my heart in my journey and guarantee that, you know, if emotion wasn't strong yet and emotion wanted to take over, I'm not texting this person. I'm not saving their number in my phone. I couldn't call them if I tried. No, like my objective is to be free and not have any access to this person, okay? So after confronting your fears, isolation is imperative for the liberation of your soul. That's your number one agenda. At the time of, of my experience, right, it, it was really hard because it feels like a virus, right? Like it feels like there's this virus that you can't overcome. I think we know that now more literally, given what happened in the world recently. But the only way to survive is to refrain from contact. That's what actually protects your body, your immune system. No contact. And as you exercise being distant, we're familiar with social distancing, as you exercise that with a toxic person, the virus slowly dies and loses its grip on you. So... This is a no contact rule. That means exactly what it says. You must cut off all communication with this person. It's like getting rid of an addiction to a drug by going cold turkey. Therefore, it means no text messaging, no calls, no randomly showing up, no circling the block, no going over, no emails or doing anything else that boils down to getting in touch with this person or allowing them access to you or to contact you in any kind of way. You don't stay in touch here. You don't do it. The most prolific biblical narcissist is Jezebel, who we mentioned on a different episode. The prophet Elijah, her nemesis, teaches us how to respond to abuse. Run. (laughs) Run. Many people want to stay and reason with the narcissist, but you don't negotiate with the devil. You just don't do it. You don't do it. You don't win in doing that. Others want to stay and fight the narcissist. And some, both, well, in most cases, both of these are are horrible ideas. They'll get the exact opposite of what you are truly wanting. And Elijah demonstrates this. It's found in 1 Kings 19.2. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also, if I make not thy life is the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. Elijah responded to Jezebel's malignant rage by leaving. He ran. He put distance between the two of them. You cannot reason ever with crazy and you can't defeat the demonic. Sometimes the strategy is run. The Bible encourages no contact in many passages. In Matthew 5, 29, it says, And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out. 
and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of for for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not that the whole body should be cast into hell. Sometimes the preservation of your own sanity is linked to breaking contact with toxic people. You can't think, you can't think straight and clearly without confusion when you're connected to crazy. In other occasions... The health of your minor children hinges on you having enough courage to eliminate certain people from your circle. That's a big one. When dealing with co-parenting narcissists, it may require a little more tact and strategy. For instance, Proverbs 24-7 says, Wisdom is too high for a fool. He openeth not his mouth in the gate. The translation is this. When you operate with wisdom, you paralyze the fool. When you're in a position like sharing children and it's necessary to encounter them, you're going to have to insulate your soul. By insulating your soul, it means cover your mind, will, and emotions so that they will have no impact on you. You'll physically be in the same space, yet at the same time, you'll be in a different place emotionally. So some common suggestions here. Control the conversation with, a, with as few words as possible. The Bible says in t- Proverbs 26, 4, Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you also be like him. The ability to control your words keeps your emotions under control. And one major key to insulating your emotions from a narcissistic encounter is to master yes and no responses. You must become comfortable with awkward silence. Do not feel the need to expand the conversation. The narcissist always plays off your words and manages your emotions with signals detected in your commentary. When you are silent or intentionally limited with your words, you confuse the narcissist. Another strategy, keep it strictly business. You cannot be friends. Cannot be friends. The Bible says in Proverbs 22, 24, make no friendship with an angry man and with a furious man. Thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to your soul. Anger is like poison. Do not attempt to be friends with someone who has caused you so much pain and anguish. Keep your relationship confined to business only. You cannot afford to open yourself up to more abuse. Another strategy, anticipate the manipulation maneuvers and counter. It states in Proverbs 24-7, wisdom is too high for a fool. He openeth not his mouth in the gate. You must be wise enough to know what to expect from a narcissist. Their tactics are usually very predictable. You must anticipate their behavior and respond rather than react. When you know what you're walking into, you take control of the moment before you enter the encounter. Another strategy, do or approach the encounter from a spiritual space, not from an angry emotion. Okay, so I like to say, let emotion subside, then decide. The Bible puts it like this, in Isaiah 59, 19, 
So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. God will defend your heart if you rely on him. As long as you try to manage the situation yourself, however, God will not get involved. When you turn it over into his hands, he will stand up and fight for you. He will give you his power to withstand the temptation to reconnect. Approach the encounter from a spiritual place, not from an angry emotion. Denounce the need for closure. Oh, this one is so big. We all, I mean, they're all big, but we often are driven for closure. We want clarity. We want closure. You ain't going to get it (laughs) from this guy, from the narcissist. You're not going to get closure from a narcissist, okay? Closure is the idea that I need something to be spoken or done to allow my mind to accept things as they are. When we are on a quest for closure, we are, in essence, searching for an answer to a primary question. Why did this happen? It's also the subconscious hope for remaining possibilities to rekindle the facade of a relationship we once participated in. The greatest hook in perpetuating the bond is the idea of needing closure. This need for closure keeps the wound open. It's lunacy to think that the person who broke you will fix you. The desire for closure is a poisonous hook. It is a hook, nothing else. As long as you are waiting on people to fix you, you negate the power of God. Let me say this again. As long as you are waiting on people to fix you, you negate the power of God. God is not going to partner with your offender to do his work. If God wants to heal you, turn to him and forget the other madness. In the Bible, it says in Psalms 34, 18, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Your closure is in God. Here's the reality. Choosing to forgive is closure. Forgiveness is the act of releasing a person from any liability. This disconnects you emotionally and it allows God to untie you spiritually. The word of God records one of Jesus's most prolific lessons on forgiveness. It's found in Matthew 18:21 and it says this, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until 70 times seven. Jesus is basically instructing Peter to make forgiveness a lifestyle. When he says to do 70 times seven in a day, he is simply communicating that a healthy person practices releasing offenders and moving forward in life consistently. As long as you are in a state of bitterness, you are emotionally and spiritually anchored to this person. You are in a toxic soul tie. Your soul is tied up with this person. Forgiveness then is not about you. It is about, it's not about them. It's about you. I forgive because I can't afford the soul tie that unforgiveness creates. None of us can afford that. 
One of my favorite texts is actually John 20, 23. It states this, Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them, and whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. The Message Bible version puts it this way, If you forgive a person's sins, they are gone for good. If you don't forgive sins, what are you going to do with them? Interesting thought. Here's the wisdom. If you don't release a person's sins, transgressions, or offenses against you, you are stuck with holding them in your heart. And this is what makes you a magnet for more pain. What can you do with a heart filled with offense and pain? You may do nothing but deteriorate and fester. Not a fun place to be. You can live your life that way. So focus instead on forgiving and focus on rebuilding your soul. This is one of the reasons why I do the work that I do. This step in the process is intentionally rebuilding your soul. In the process of narcissistic abuse and abusive relationship, dysfunction, all of that, your mind is twisted into knots. And when you decide to break free, it is as tedious as untangling a knotted shoestring. (laughs) It requires patience and intention to ultimately recover your soul's emotional health. The Bible says in Romans 12 too, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The term renewing is speaking of renovating or remodeling your thinking. And when experiencing narcissistic abuse, your brain becomes confused about your self-worth and your value. The self-perspective may become severely damaged. Some psychiatrists actually believe that long-term narcissistic abuse can damage the brain. I believe this too. Even if one has not endured enough trauma to create brain damage, a person is always emotionally reconstructed after a narcissistic relationship. It is devastating. This reconfiguration of the self-perspective, self-esteem, and worldview will always require the renovation of the mind. You cannot bypass this. In a renovation, there is the intentional tearing out of the things that do not serve the vision of the owner. There are usually large piles of trash that accumulate from the demolition. After the tearing out comes the introduction of the new and desired material. This is exactly what has to happen after a relationship with a narcissist. After you are delivered from an addiction. Right? After you leave a toxic work environment. They have erected walls, in this case with a narcissist, and filled the victim's head with inferior material in the form of thoughts. These things must be pulled down, thrown out, and replaced with healthy, profitable things. The soul must be rebuilt and recalibrated. So practical steps here to rebuild your soul. One, remind yourself that you are not responsible for this person's feelings, condition, or future well-being. Give that to God. One of the very first things you're going to need to discard this idea that you are responsible for the feelings of a narcissist 
is to remind yourself that you are not. Every narcissist will subliminally transfer the belief to their victim that they are responsible for making the narcissist comfortable and happy. That ain't your job. This is so deeply embedded that the victim may feel guilty for saving himself or herself. The victim questions if they've done enough. You are not responsible for this person. Okay? You cannot change this person. You must leave them in the hands of God. He is the only one, literally, the only one that can handle this. Focus on the lessons of the experience and not the feelings of your emotions. The soul tie or trauma bond created between you and this abuser stems from the emotion that has mutated your sense of reasoning. At this point, you must intentionally step into an objective position and take a realistic and intelligent view of what the transaction between you and this person has done for you. You will come back to finding that they have done absolutely nothing but wreck your life and damage you. When your soul is faced with the reality of the devastation this person has created, it will attempt to shift the focus from the facts back to the fantasy. That's literally your body's way of trying to protect you. The fantasy consists of all of the false positives the victim ascribed to the narcissist in the hopes that they could live up to it. But it's a fantasy, not reality. The fantasy includes the lies the victim tells family and friends about how great of a person the narcissist really is. It's all a fantasy. It's all a lie. It is important to consciously focus on the lessons of this experience because the tendency will be to get carried away with emotion. The emotion is the thing that has maintained the toxic bond thus far. You must move away from the emotion and re-engage your logic. Take the lessons from the experience. Don't waste your pain. The psalmist wrote some very powerful words that serve. It's in Psalms 119.71. It says, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. The writer acknowledges that there is value in pain and suffering if we learn from it. Pain has to produce more than hurt. It is designed to produce learning and wisdom. What have you learned from this experience? What did you do wrong? It's a big one we miss. What will you change? Pain presents a list of questions that should be answered. If answered accurately, the answers will point the way to freedom. If you don't take the lessons from this experience, you may enter into another relationship of the same nature. Listen to the wisdom in Proverbs. It's Proverbs 17.10. It says, A reproof entereth more into a wise man than a hundred stripes into a fool. People that tell you lies or enable your dysfunction are not your people. They do not mean well. That is not love. Telling the truth in love is love. In this text, the Bible says that a person that doesn't learn from their hurts is foolish. If you don't learn from the lessons and change, you may need to refine yourself as a volunteer rather than a victim. Whew! That's a whole word! That's a whole word! Okay. (laughs) Submit yourself to someone who knows your whole truth and will hold you accountable. 
Do not for one moment think that you are strong enough to resist yourself. You ain't. Do not think that. There will be moments when the enemy in the process will be the person in the mirror. Those times when your flesh nature gets weak and is longing for certain experiences, you will need somebody who knows the whole truth and nothing but the truth to challenge you. You are going to need accountability and counsel to pull yourself out of this snare. Somebody in your life has to take the liberty to tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. The word of God in Proverbs 11:14 says, where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. This is why the narcissist separates the victim from vital relationships. The plan was always to isolate you from accountability, wisdom, and protection. Force your life forward. Nothing moves forward by chance. Nothing moves forward by hoping it will. Nothing moves forward without you moving. Neither will your life move out of the parking mode and into drive itself without volition. You will have to choose to go forward and force your life out of the stagnant dysfunction of abuse. Even in a car, it never moves out of park into drive without an intentional and somewhat forceful act. No car slips into drive by accident by accident, unless it's a serious failure. Somebody chose to go forward. You have the decision to make. Are you going to sit in pain or get up and move your life into destiny? You cannot change what has been, but you have complete control over what will be. Are you going to park or are you going to drive? That is the question. There's a powerful text recorded in Isaiah 43, 18. It says this, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall ye not know it. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The text admonishes the people through prophetic instruction to forget about what has been and to move forward with the expectation of a fresh move of God. You must move forward in your thought life. You must move forward in your emotional life and redesign your everyday life so that it no longer resembles your former life with the abuser. When your mind begins to revert back to old ways of thinking, Forcefully jerk your consciousness to the new standard. Get rid of all paraphernalia representing the past. Create new circles and a whole new life. Begin to challenge your insecurities and step into your goals and dreams. Take the lessons you've learned and slowly begin to date again. When you recognize red flags, politely move on and live your life. Do not become a prisoner of a ghost of the past. Force your life forward. Whew! Oh my goodness. There's so much gold in this episode. There's so much wisdom gained from painful life experience. I hope you can feel that, receive that, receive the love, the truth, the heart behind a message like this. Absorb that into your being. Really hear and receive the truth. So much so that you will move your life forward. I personally know how hard 
that is, to live with pain that you can't even speak about, that people don't know about, to not know where to start, to not know how to ask for help, to not follow through and get committed to taking care of you and your soul and your heart. Been there. Been there. Years of my life. Years of my life. And what I can offer you, I do have one-on-one spots to work together one-on-one if that is something that you know is an answer. There are so many valuable tools that you can get connected to inside Courage Co. for free. Prayer calls, monthly challenges, master classes, small groups. There's so much that you can get plugged into there. If you want and need to take this further one-on-one with somebody, again, I'm not a therapist, okay? I've gone through lots of therapy, right? But I am somebody who has overcome this, who has anointing to break this, who is a coach that can help you. And so if that is something that you are led to do, all you've got to do, email my team, info at julianapage.com, and we will set up a call just to see if this is the right fit for you at this time, okay? But that is a great way to get started. There's also other programs inside of Courage Co. as well, different tools. You can join us on this 30-day faith walking program. There is a mastermind coming up in July called the God's Vibes Mastermind. This is truly recalibrating your soul and making you a weapon against the enemy for sure. (laughs) This is activating you in every way possible and really actualizing the content that's in a lot of the books that I've written from reclaiming your authority to how you co-labor with God to how you really activate and expand your influence and then multiply and dominate in the places and arenas that you are designed to. So it's very powerful. You get access to that for a year. So if that is something that you want to keep on your mind, we're going to have opportunity to get plugged into that coming up in at the end of June and the new program will start July 10th. So those are options. Again, email my team, info at julianapage.com. If you want to work together one-on-one, I would be honored to walk with you on this beautiful journey of getting your soul healthy. So if that's something you want to do, email info at julianapage.com and make sure to join us this week in the Pace of Grace Challenge and next week in the 30 Days of Faith Walking Program. All right, everybody, I truly hope this message blessed you. And until next time, stay blessed. Listen, if you are not plugged into Courage Co. yet, what are you doing? Courage Co. is a faith-based community off social media that you can access from your phone or your desktop literally from anywhere. It is a safe place and a sacred space for you to invest in and live your most courageous and impactful story. You can join us for free for prayer calls and challenges, for a monthly subscription where we have monthly masterclasses, or the God's Vibes Mastermind, where you will get live master life coaching at a price that you won't get anywhere else, 12 weeks of content that we will go through together, or you can navigate at your own pace. You'll have lifetime access to that. A community of women doing this alongside of you, a workbook, and so many other materials to help you on your journey. And I just want you to imagine for a second, having the courage, clarity, and focus to achieve anything you desire. Walking into any situation, fully confident, knowing you have everything you need to succeed. Embracing challenges and overcoming obstacles with grace 
and ease. Feeling only love and compassion for others, no matter how they may have hurt you in the past. Standing up for what you believe in and taking unstoppable action to create the kind of world you want to live in. You're in the right place to take your next step on your journey. When you plug into the God's Vibes Mastermind, I'll teach you how to identify and eliminate the self-limiting beliefs and habits that are stopping you from getting the results you want. I'll teach you how to heal old wounds that have negatively impacted your self-image and self-esteem for far too long. I'll show you how to dismantle the story of who you are and what you can or cannot do in the world. I'll help you expand your consciousness from fear-based limitation to love and compassion and service to the world. I'll help you vanquish the inner enemies that are stopping you from being all that you can be. Release your victimhood and reclaim your power. Develop a aligned mindset and habits to boost your productivity and results. Gain deeper awareness of your own inner light and divinity and achieve the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self-mastery needed to achieve any goal. You will learn how to think the way God formed, shaped, and anointed you to think and succeed the way he always intended and show up in any situation as the most powerful person in the room, no matter what challenges might appear on your path. If this sounds like something that you want to be a part of, I want to invite you to join the God's Vibes Mastermind. You can get plugged into it over at Courage Co. You can access Courage Co. at any level at www.courageco.org. Together, we will awaken your inner warrior spirit and unleash your capacity to achieve any goal you can imagine. You will become an example of what's possible with God.